Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. If you have your Bibles or smartphones and tablets, we're going to be taking a look at the story. I love the story of Gideon, and I think it's got a lot to teach us right now. We're going to start into a three-week series on, on uh, Gideon. There's so many cool stories in the Bible, but there are times when a person's life and the life of a church, when certain stories seem to bubble to the surface, and just, I think they're helpful to us. Gideon is one of those stories. The story of Gideon, it starts out really messy, and it doesn't end all that great either. But you and I, well, we live in a messy world, right? Uh, as we get into the story in Gideon, it's sixth chapter of Judges. God is being oppressed, or the, the people of God are being oppressed by an enemy. Uh, they're crying out for God for deliverance. The, the story of, of Gideon is uh, kind of the, the story of the cycle that's been going on in Israel for a while. It's the cycle of, well, People of God, they're called to serve God. They serve God, then for some reason or other they fall away from God, and things get bad, and things get hard, and things get worse. And then they get so bad that they call out to God, and then God sends them a deliverer, and uh, they turn back to God, and then the cycle starts all over again. Well, this here, the story of Gideon, this is the fourth such cycle. With God, fall away from God, cry out to God, God comes and delivers them. I find that, I don't know, depressing and encouraging all at the same time. So I look back at my history, I can see the same uh, cycle. There have been times when I've been close to God, and it seems like every, you know, every time I'd open up the Bible that he would speak, uh, God... uh, by the power of his spirit was evident, and I would be expecting miracles, and, and then something happens, the, the weeds of life grow up, or sometimes it's just a gradual fading out, but over time it feels like you slide away from God, slide into a pit. Something happens, it, I wake up and I look around, oh, this isn't where I want to be spiritually, and uh, you cry out to God, God's always faithful, and he delivers. I don't believe that's the way life has to be, but I've experienced it. I bet some of you have been there too. There have been cycles where you've been close to God, then your love grows lukewarm. If you've been there, then, then the story of Gideon, well, it's for you. We catch up with the nation of Israel in Judges, in Judges 6, at the bottom of the cycle. Uh, Judges 6, verse 1. The Israelites did evil in the, lo- uh, in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hand of the Midianites. Because the power of the Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters uh, for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Look at how the, the Midianites oppressed them. Whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. 
They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with uh, livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravish it. The enemy was wrecking the country. They were stealing everything. Very little food around, nothing to uh, keep the sheep, cattle, donkeys. The crops are all destroyed. They left nothing. And note the, the first response of the Israelites. Verse 2, because the power of the Midians were so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. So much like us. In the face of things that are, oppress us, we, we hunker down, we, we look for mountain clefts and build shelters. Uh, our shelters just look different. We build shelters in, in front of the television to numb our minds and our emotions. We build shelters in front of the refrigerator to take refuge in a sea of potato chips. We try to lose ourselves and, and, uh, in extreme sports, or we, we, in crowds of going out with friends, we build shelters at the office so that work becomes the way we avoid life. Those are some of the socially acceptable ways we build shelters. But we can also try to reinforce ourselves with alcohol and drugs. We can lose ourselves in sex or pornography. We can look for the thrill in gambling. These are all shelters and that we can build in our world. Well, the Israelites were oppressed. Their response was to hide, to build shelters. But finally, finally it got so bad that they couldn't stand it anymore. Judges 6. Midian was so impoverished, the Israelites, that they cried out to the Lord for help. The human response was to build shelters. The godly response was to cry to the Lord. There's a time when we become so impoverished that we finally turn to the Lord. It would be better sooner than later. Can you go to the next slide, Tammy? Sorry, I messed up on that. The question is, what is your Midianite? What's the Midianite in your life? Is it depression, anxiety, super stress at work, a bad marriage, bad relationship with a significant other in your life? Is it your singleness? Are your financial issues? Is it your family? Is it your boss? Is it an addiction? Is it an unhealthy habit? What's oppressing you? When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet. If I'm oppressed, what I want is an army, right? What does God do? He sends them a prophet. I want a legion of angels to, to come down and smash the Midianites. When, when I cry to the Lord, I want him to come in the power of deliverance. Instead, he sends a prophet. Prophet basically says, this is what God says. 
I told you not to turn to other gods. But you did. You haven't listened to me. They wanted an army, and God sent them the truth. But isn't that God's way? See, truth is based on, is the basis of repentance. And the repentance is the basis of God's power emerging back in our life. That is true of them. That is true of us. The basis of the work of God happening in our lives in a significant way is truth and repentance. Now, I know that that's often a hard concept for us to deal with. You see, for us to repent, you have to own the blame, right? You, you, you want to blame it on the Midianites, and you want to blame it on this factor and that factor, but to really get to the bottom of the issue, you have to own the blame yourself and then repent. And, um, you know, we say it's the boss's fault or it's the circumstance's fault. It's the pain's fault. Love this. Uh, here's a list of motorists, uh, what motorists uh, who uh, kept on trying to explain what, why they had been involved in an accident. Here's, here, here's, these are taken from actual insurance reports. The other car collided with mine without giving warning of its intentions. Um, okay. Well, a pedestrian hit me and went under my car. Okay. Coming home, I drove into the wrong house and collided with a tree I don't have. Yeah. I pulled away from the side of the road, glanced at my mother-in-law, and headed over the embankment. <laughs> um, the pedestrian had no idea which direction to run, so I ran over him. Um, the indirect cause of the accident was a, a little guy in a small car with a loud mouth. <laughs> so, yeah, we like to blame, don't we? And maybe it is 80% the other person's fault. But until we own our 20%, until we deal with and repent of our stuff, we have a way of shutting the power of God out of our situation. In fact, it's not usually other people that put us into bondage. It's our response to our circumstances that damage us the most. Well, we've been introduced to the situation. The Midianites are, are running over the land. The Israelites are oppressed. God has sent truth. And now we're introduced to Gideon. As we meet Gideon, Gideon is threshing wheat in a wine press as a way of hiding both him and the wheat from the Midianites. Now, some of you have threshed wheat before. You know what it's like. You're, you're trying to get the chaff, the, the husk, off the grain, right? And you do this usually on the top of a hill because you want the chaff to blow away and you're left with the seed. Uh, but even at the top of the hill, threshing, oh, it's, it's a dirty job. Some of you have been around combines. It's a, it's a, it's a dirty job. But Gideon... Gideon is doing this threshing of wheat 
in an enclosed wine press, the air would have been so thick with dust particles, his clothes would have been covered with dirt, his, his face would have been uh, streaked with black stuff attaching to his sweat, and uh, with the sweat running down his face, and, and he would be trying to keep himself from coughing. And then the angel of the Lord shows up to this guy who is hiding, who is sweaty and dirty and coughing. And this is what the angel of the Lord says, verse 12. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Hmm. I'm sure the Gideon felt anything like, anything but like a mighty warrior. I'm sure he feels helpless in the face of hordes. I'm sure that he feels impotent in the face of an army of which we're told were about 132,000 that were camped a little ways away. And the angel comes up and says to Gideon, the Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. People, there is your perspective, and there is God's perspective. There's your perspective on the Midianites in your life, and there's God's perspective. There is your perspective on the kind of strength you have, and then there's God's perspective. And almost without fail, when you're going through dark times of the soul, God's perspective on you is loftier than your perspective of you. In fact, God would turn to you this morning and call you by name and say, you mighty warrior. I'm not sure many of you would say that about yourself. I am sure that many of you would say, well, Lord, you, you don't know how I blew it last week. You don't know how much I failed. You don't know how my life seems to have been sworn with problems and thoughts, with crises. And that's your perspective. But God, God has a different perspective. He sees the full armor of God that he's given you. He sees the power of the Spirit inside you. He sees the potential of the promises that he has placed into your hands to be enacted. And he says, the Lord is with you, people of Asbury, you mighty warriors. Verse 13. Pardon me, my Lord. I love that. Pardon me. But if the Lord is with us, well, why has all this happened to us? Where, where are the wonders of the ancestors told us about? Did not the Lord bring them out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of the Midian. The Lord has just said, the Lord is with you. And Gideon responds by saying, the Lord has abandoned us. Gideon was judging God on the basis of his feelings and circumstances. But the Lord knows differently. Never judge God by your limited experience. Never judge God on the basis of your feelings or circumstances. But we do it so often. We don't feel God, we don't see God, so we think God's abandoned us. God is against me. You'll notice in verse 14 that the Lord doesn't try to argue with Gideon. 
His assurance comes in the form of a command and a question. Verse 14. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have, and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? God will not argue with your lack of faith, but he will issue a command. And he asks the question, take the step of faith, will you trust me? God's command to Gideon is to go in the strength you have. That's, that's often the, the command God will give you. God doesn't ask you to do what you can't. He asks you to use what you have for him right now. God isn't looking for super, superhumans. He's looking for obedience. But Gideon's not convinced. He sees the army and he asks, in verse 15, how can I save Israel? He goes on to say, I, I am from the weakest clan and I am from the weakest family in that clan. In other words, God, don't you know I'm not leadership material? The point, though, is not who you are, it's who God is. The point is not who you are, but who you are with God. Verse 16, the Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. People, when it comes to the Midianites in your life, it's not about the size of your problem. It is about the size of your God. It's not about your past record of failure. It's about God's promise for the future. It's not about how weak you feel. It's about who you are with God. As someone rightly said, God plus one is a majority. Note the flow of the story. The, story. the Israelites tried in their own ways to deal with the Midianites. They built strongholds. Finally, they, they got desperate and they cried out to the Lord. And when they did, God sent a prophet to speak the truth. And which became the basis for repentance. Then God sent an angel to speak into, into, into the perspective. And now we move on to the next story, next part of the story. Learning to hear God's voice. Verse 17. Gideon replied, I, If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is, it is really you talking to me. He's seen an angel. He's talking with an angel. Give me a sign it's really you talking to me. I love that line. The Lord shows up in person, gives instructions, but Gideon says, ah, give me a sign. Isn't that just like us? We, we pretty well know what God's asking, um, but we are unwilling to trust what we know. But the first sign that God gives is one of persistence. Verse 18. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. The Lord said, I will wait until you return. When God speaks, it is his habit to be persistent. Gideon was worried that when he left the room to prepare a meal, that the Lord would disappear and he'd be left alone. So he asked for the sign of persistence. 
When you feel like God is asking you to step out in faith, this is usually a worthwhile sign to look for. It's that persistence in the voice of God is there. It's a good sign that God is calling you to respond. Gideon went away, came back. The Lord was still there. Gideon brought the, the Lord bread and meat. Now remember, the, the country is in the middle of a famine. The crops have been destroyed. The cattle have been stolen. It costs something to bring meat and bread to the Lord. Moving out in faith often does. If you think you're going to move against the Midianites in your life without cost, then you're deluding yourself. It will cost, but not near as much as the Midianites are costing you. So God, uh, Gideon brought the offering before the Lord and said, The angel of the Lord said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock, pour out the broth, and Gideon did so. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and unleavened bread with the tip of the staff, and that was in his hand. And fire flared, and the rock consumed the meat and the bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. People, when you start following the voice of God, when you start stepping out in faith, strange things, unexpected things start to happen. Things that the rest of the world will call coincidences, they start to pile up. God is at work. You take steps of faith, see what God will do. Verse 22. When Gideon realized it was the angel of the Lord, he explained, Alas, sovereign Lord, I've seen the, Lord, the angel of the Lord face to face. The angel disappears. He realizes who he's been in front of. Gideon finally figures it out. And he starts to get scared. See, when you start to know that you're dealing with God, there's this knowledge of the sacred comes over you. You're not playing at life anymore. You're living in the presence of a living God. Gideon was starting to figure, I may just end up as a spot on the floor. This fear of the Lord is something lacking in our day, but, but as soon as Gideon starts to realize what go, goes, is going on, the Lord speaks to him again. Remember the Lord's, the angel has disappeared, but verse 23, the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid, you are not going to die. The angel's disappeared, but he still hears the voice of God. If he takes persistent steps of faith, the voice of God is persistent, and he'll be able to speak to you more subtly. The message is peace. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. And to this day it stands. The text says the altar stands to this day. It was a substantial altar. Gideon was always going to remember what God said to him. How about you? Are there Midianites in your life? Have you built caves in front of them to hide from them, to hide from life? God wants more for you. He really does. He wants to deliver you. 
I know you want him to come in power, but first he usually comes in truth to deal with the stuff that's going on in life. He calls you to say, yeah, Lord, sorry. I'm going to head back towards you. And he avoids all your excuses and say, will you, will you be obedient to me? He issues a command. And as he speaks, you're going to know his voice. It's going to be persistent. It's going to happen over time. He says, will you follow me? And this is the beginning. This is the beginning of Gideon's journey of faith into seeing the deliverance of Israel. It could be your beginning too. You're faced with Midianites. God said, I want to do something better. Saying, I'm not living the way I want to right now. I want to do something better. So the question is, when, when he issues the command, will you follow? Let's pray. Lord, as we go through the life of Gideon for the next three Sundays, we have a lot to learn from him. So much to learn. I'm asking, Lord, that you would speak grace, peace, and help to those who are facing the Midianites of life, whether it be stress or worry over their family or their self, whether it be health conditions or whatever it may be. I'm praying, Lord, that you would help their faith to arise, to be obedient to what you call them to do. And Lord, my prayer is that they will see your perspective and that you'll show up in, in very tangible ways. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.